Hi, this is Hugh Greenwood from the North Melbourne Footy Club, and you're listening to another episode of the Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. Here is your host, Dean Basich. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vassy. You can find me on X at hashtag Kangas, Instagram hashtag Kangaroos Podcast, TikTok hashtag Kangaroos One. So tonight I'm joined by AFLW star Jasmine Ferguson. Now it is a little bit of a get to know you episode as well, where she grew up, where she played her junior football, uh, who she followed. Um, and also, yeah, we obviously talked about uh, the season that that was as well. So yeah, there was a lot um, to go through. Um, so yeah, let's not waste any more of your valuable time and get to know Jasmine Ferguson, like I'm sure all you listeners want to do. So tonight, I welcome to the show our star fullback in AFLW this year, and who, along with Sarah Wright, Nicole Bresnahan, and a number of others, made the team the most stingiest defence in the competition. Jasmine Ferguson, welcome to the Hashtag Kangaroos podcast. Thank you for having me. Very excited. Oh, me too. Uh, now, we've been trying to organise this for a while, and I've heard <laughs> good things about you. So I'm really looking forward to this and getting to know you, and I'm sure all our fellow AFLW supporters will like to get to know you as well. Now, I may go back and forth with a few questions, so bear with me because that's how my brain works sometimes. <laughs> I want to go back to the start, Jazz, and where you grew up and how you got involved with football. Yeah, sure. So I grew up uh, down in I like to say, and didn't really grow up the typical football background. It wasn't a massive thing when I was growing up. So I played a lot of netball, a lot of basketball, made some pretty high-level teams, but never quite made it all the way to the top. And then uh, in Year 12, footy kind of came about. I was playing it casually, trying to get a day off school every now and then at school. And then my sports teacher reached out and said, oh, I actually think you should give it a bit of a go. And the AFLW just started and it was yeah, really good space for women's footy. So gave it a go and played down at Gippy Power for a year as a top age uh, 19-year-old because I hadn't played before uh, and then was very fortunate to be picked up by Collingwood in their VFLW program. Um, played a couple of seasons there and then ended up at North. Oh, sounds like a good story. Now, I have heard that uh, you're a pretty good netballer. Can you confirm that? Oh, I, I'm not much <laughs> one to brag bit of netball and had a bit more, um, I guess, success in netball. Won a few MVPs here and there and some grand finals and everything. So I do love my netball. I miss um, not playing it now, but love going to watch some of my friends that still play. And, uh, yeah, love watching it on the TV as well. But one of my favourites, netball. Oh, fair enough. Uh, were you a goalkeeper at netball as well, like just in the back line there? Or? No, actually. I was actually a centre, so completely oh, opposite yeah. to what my football position is. Um, and, yeah, a bit more of kind of like a midfielder in the netball, but definitely not a midfielder in the footy. I'm happy to stay out of there. <laughs> no, fair enough. Leave that to uh, Jazz Garner and Ashford Dell and yes. so forth. Yeah, no, that's the end foot. Did you follow a team growing up? Yeah, followed Essendon growing up. Um, so dad is a yeah, Essendon supporter and then half of my dad's side of the family is as well. Um, obviously, when you uh, arrive at a footy club, so when I was playing for Collingwood, I kind of felt like I did have to go for them. So I have obviously have a bit of a soft spot for them. And then same for North now. I think you can't play at a footy club without yeah, going for the club or following them um, really closely. So I would say I'm kind of a mixed supporter now. But Essendon um, initially, originally, uh, and now a bit of North as well. Oh, I'm glad you've gone off the Essendon thing. So that's uh, that's really good coming from a North supporter. That's uh, obviously a big rivalry there. Um, yes, who are some of your role? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, who are some of your role models growing up? 
Um, I think one of my main ones, um, I always struggle with role models because I feel very inspired by a number of people. Like you can look at people in the AFLW now, like Emma Carney is someone who's very inspiring and so is Jazz Garner. But I think especially when I first started out at footy, I think I looked towards someone like Ash Brazel um, because she was kind of that dual sport athlete kind of person. So um, I really was inspired by the fact that how she could manage her netball and then she started up footy and she was like a gun at both. And she was definitely someone I looked up to and really want to try and replicate my game off um, and yeah just her commitment to be a professional athlete so she was definitely someone I watched very closely in those first couple of years and I still watch very closely now as well. No, I, no that's a really good one uh, very similar player to yourself as well so um, <laughs> you, now you played at the Pies uh, VFL team there before getting drafted in 2021 to North tell us about your time there and what you learned. Yeah, I think I am yeah forever grateful for Collingwood and the VFLW program. I came into that program really still not a very good kick, not really understanding of the game. Um, so they really took me under the wing and helped me develop. At that point, I was very closely linked with a lot of their senior players, so like Ruby Schleicher and Stacey Livingston were people I worked very closely with. So I absolutely loved my time. They were very successful there as well. We won a premiership and then went through a season undefeated as well. We didn't get to play the grand final. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely loved it there. The facilities are amazing. And when you're playing for one of the biggest clubs, in AFL, um, it's a pretty cool place to be around um, and be a part of as well. Obviously, uh, our forwards coach, uh, recently uh, departed forwards coach, has gone there now. So how do you think he'll do, Sam Wright? Um, now, can you tell us a bit about him? Yeah, I think he will do fantastic there. I think he was um, an amazing coach for us in the forward line. And you could see he probably could have done more as such. Um, like he, he, he was so experienced and he has great knowledge um, and, yeah, you could just see that he would take that next level on very easily. Um, he's obviously played before and was a great player as well. And I think Collingwood, who I guess are in a spot at the moment, where they've got a great list um, but didn't quite put the season together last year that they probably were hoping for, um, that he will be, yeah, very instrumental in, I think, the next couple of years and what they're kind of um, striving to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It seems like, like I only listened, um, you know, three-quarter time speeches and quarter time speeches, but it seems like he's, um, yeah, very very smart and he seems to have good relationships with the girls. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, really good relationships with the girls. I think he really worked on that when he came in. Um, well, he was here last season, but he wasn't quite around with his other commitments. So this season he was really committed to being there. And I think he really formed yeah some solid relationships first. And I think he was someone who was able to give really honest and constructive feedback, which is obviously sometimes needed in this environment. So I think the fact that he had those relationships with the girls then allowed um, it to yeah, be a more honest environment and uh, allow more growth from that as well. So he was, yeah, fantastic for our forwards because I think they had a – all our forwards had a fantastic season this season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, especially some of the young girls that have come through. I mean, we've seen Ruby Tripodi uh, come through there, uh, Aliso Lachlan. So he's obviously done a lot of work with them and um, it really shows with the way they're playing. Yeah. Uh, we'll get we'll get back to you anyway. Uh, now, you were pick 51 in the 2021 draft, which is getting a little late, I guess, to be picked. Did you have, uh-huh. any, many, did you have many conversations with North at the time beforehand that they were going to uh, select you? Uh, yeah, I had a couple of conversations. I was still extremely doubtful. So I was really, really nervous heading into the draft. I didn't actually tell really many people that I was in consideration because I didn't want to get people's hopes up and I didn't want to disappoint myself. So I think I only told my best friend, my partner and my family. Um, and they were the only ones who ended up really watching it um, because I just, 
had spoke to North, but still just wasn't really confident. And I was one of those players who didn't really speak to many, or didn't speak to any other clubs. It was kind of only North that was interested in me. So, again, I didn't have a lot of confidence because I didn't think my name would come up any other way. So, what did uh, did uh, what did North see in you that they uh, picked you in the end? Like, uh, was it any particular quality, or was it just uh, we're, we're really looking for you know a particular player, like a fullback that can pl- take the best forward or anything like that? Yeah, I think that they kind of looked into me as someone that they could really work with. I think I was pretty stage and I think um, they obviously saw Daddy Hardman was in one of my, I guess, the position that I have kind of taken over. And I think they might have seen that she was someone who could really help a developing player to kind of then overtake that role as such. Danny um, was probably towards maybe the end of her career as she has retired now as well. So I think they were kind of looking for someone who was kind of similar and could be moulded into that kind of fullback um, and deep um, defender position. And I think they saw it in me that it would be a good time to bring me into the environment to then learn off Danny. And I think we even had like Jess Duffin at that point. So some really older, experienced players who could then help me take that kind of next step with my footy as well. No, no, fair enough. Um, And who are some some players that took you under their wing and made you feel welcome and settle in at the club? Um, I think I bonded pretty quickly with a fair few of the defenders, like Nicole Bresnahan um, is always someone who's really, really friendly. Um, Sarah Wright, obviously one of my good friends, um, was someone who, she was a bit standoffish at the start. You've got to kind of break down her walls a little bit. Um, but we are well, yeah, definitely closest friends now. So she was someone who really helped me learn the kind of defensive system. Um, and then I made, yeah, really good friends with Bella Eddy and Amy Smith as well. And I'm really close with them still. So they were people who really helped me out with the kind of other side of it, not the defending side of it, but just fitting in at the club and making friends and joining in on that culture as well. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I think that's the strength of the club is the culture, isn't it? I mean, yeah, you all seem like a really tight-knit group um, and, yeah, you all seem to get along really well. Like I see on Instagram, uh, you, you all catch up um, in off-seasons, go on trips and so forth and, yeah, it's really the strength of the club, isn't it? Yeah, well, I think it's something we've been working on. I think my first season when we were there, there was a little bit of disconnect, um, but I think it's something we've been working on for the definitely the three seasons I've been in there and I think before that as well that we, yeah, are a one-club um, policy, so not just our team being nice and close and connected, but being connected to the entire club. So a lot of work at the moment with the boys' teams um, and trying to, yeah, make that connection between VFL, AFL, whatever it is, um, really seamless and that we are uh, all one together and we all play for North Melbourne. Yeah, how do you how do you find that, um, yeah, uh, with the men's team, like sharing, a, uh, I think it's Tuesdays, I think you share a day with them. How, how does that go? Do you enjoy that? Yeah, it's quite nice actually to see their faces around. Um, there was a couple of years there um, that obviously through COVID, there was absolutely no interaction at all because you were in the Aladdin facility at different times. Um, so it kind of had a bit of disconnect and we weren't really, like didn't really know many of them. So it's actually nice to be around and see see them in the club and see what they're up to as well. I think they're in at a really exciting point. Obviously, they haven't had much success. So it's nice to see how much they're all just digging in and putting in the effort. Um, but it's also nice to see more of the staff and more of like, the people that you like the membership team the team that we actually didn't we never used to see because we trained in the afternoon they're all gone home so it's actually nice to see just everyone's faces on a tuesday when you actually get to be there during the day um yeah and spend the whole day with everybody yeah i'm i guess i forgot that uh you got uh, drafted at a pretty strange time when uh we were going through the covid it was on and off with lockdowns and so forth so yeah probably um yeah, probably when you first came in, it would have been um, yeah very different to how it is now. So, yeah, it's worked out all right. And how has uh, Darren Crocker been to you as a coach? 
Yeah, I really love Croc. I think um, very similar to Sam Wright, he's someone who's very big on building connection first. So he gets to know not only the players but their families, where they've been, what they've come from, your partners as well. And I think he really um, strives off the connections that you can build in the team and the trust that you can build in each other. And then everything else kind of comes from that. He's, yeah, been massive on developing that layer first before we add in all the extra system and the – uh, yeah, the all the other footy stuff as such. So I think he's been, yeah, a really, yeah, a great coach and a great leader in our club as well. And he's just so easy to get along with, um, to, yeah, have a chat with. He is still able to give really good, I guess, criticism or like growth um, areas as well. So he has that kind of both sides to him that he is there to kind of pump you up and make you play to your best of your ability, but he can also help you learn and grow as well. And he loves loves teaching you every time at training we're doing something if we're doing a new drill um he'll ask a player to do it first and then he'll be like no 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 hold on step out of the way and let me show you so he's a very funny character and um he still does have a fair few skills left in the bag yeah i don't think that'll ever leave him he did play a lot of afl games and he played in the premiership and yeah yeah he was a very good player so yeah i don't think that'll ever leave him uh even though he's a you know a bit older now um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I guess his uh, strength is his relationships with the girls. 100%. He's, he's, yeah, really good at kind of building that off-field. We have a lot of kind of family friends days um, and his wife comes into the club and sometimes his kids come into the clubs and it's, yeah, a full connection between all of us. Oh, that's good. Now, you're 36 games into your AFLW journey, and that's 36 games straight as well. I mean, you've played uh, pretty much um, every game that you've been available, uh, and you've improved each year and become a pillar of the defence. Um, this season, you were named in the All-Australian squad and came eighth in the club's B&F count. You must be happy with how you're progressing because you are only 24 years old as well, and you must believe that your best football is still yet to come. Yeah, I definitely think I'm kind of just learning and growing each year. I think coming from um, a netball and basketball background, I just didn't have the base level skills that some of the girls did who played footy growing up. So I kind of felt I've always been behind, I guess, the eight ball just a little bit. So it's been kind of nice um, to now just develop that confidence in my game and the confidence in my skills to kind of yeah back myself in in a lot of contests as well. And I think... Uh, yeah, in a lot of my exit interviews, I was kind of asked, like, what do you think the difference was this year? Why do you think you've gone from just being, I, I guess, a general um, defender to now a key defender and in the All-Australian squad? Um, and I think it is just confidence and belief um, in myself, a belief in the system as well and the people that are around me that I've been able to take that next step. And as you said, I think 100% I've got more uh, better footy in front of me as well. I think every single year, Every preseason that I get to have, um, well, yeah, we'll go from strength to strength, hopefully, and it just can keep going upwards and upwards. Yeah, I mean, is there anything like coming into the next season, which is still a fair way away? Is there anything you want to work on in particular? Yeah, I think right now, I guess uh, my strength would be kind of being like a lockdown defender, so kind of more um, taking maybe a forward out of it. But I would love to be um, bring up a bit more of my intercepting game as well. So hopefully do my role for the team and lock down my player, but then look for opportunities to come off um, and help others as well. I think sometimes I get a bit, I guess, bogged down in just trying to stop my player and making sure um, that they don't take up the mark, and then sometimes you can, fi- yeah, you forget that yeah, your teammate needs some help in the air as well. So I'm going to try and develop my game, working yeah very closely with other defenders like Riley and Lies, and um, figure out how we can play together as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, the the big move in the off season was uh, Livy Birch. Are you hoping she adds to the back line as well? 
Yeah, 100%. I think um, not only her footy skills but her like experience in the AFLW is going to be um, instrumental in our back line. She's played in, is it two premierships I think she's won yeah. and then she's had a lot of success. So I think just bringing someone in of that calibre is going to be, yeah, take us to an even stronger back line, which we showed this year we were um, the best in our opinion and what came out with the stats as well. So it would be nice to even add just that stronger pillar again and just take our game to the next level. Yeah, I mean, she certainly has a, a lot of quality to the back line that's already there. So, yeah, no, only, uh, yeah, or only help us, I think. Um, now, you seem so calm out on a football field, Jazz. The game is in the balance, and you have a one-on-one with, with a Chloe Shear or another big forward like a Taylor Harris, and you look like your heart rate is resting at 40 while this is all <laughs> going on. How do you stay so calm? Because I'm stressing in the stands, but then I'll see you and think, oh, she's in control of the situation, so why am I panicking? Uh, explain that. Um, I yeah, I've been told this actually a fair bit by some of the girls that, oh, especially Eliza Shannon said this year that I come in and I look very calm, but I definitely am not that calm on the inside. I'm not sure if it's just how I show it on the outside, but I think with my role in the back line kind of being that deepest defender and having to kind of set everyone up, I feel like I kind of have to be calm to a degree. Um, I kind of feel like I have to just be in the zone and uh, yeah, ready to set people up. So I guess I'm very focused and very in the zone that I don't get, yeah, I guess, too much time to maybe think about the contest that I have to go up against. And um, I think if you don't think about the consequences sometimes, if I forget the fact that if she does mark, you're probably going to kick goal, you sometimes can just more focus on the the process and the system to get the get the job done and win the contest. Um, and we've got someone in the back line like Emma Carney. She loves to be a bit fiery and she's always yelling and stuff. So mm-hmm. someone else has to be calm in there and try and keep everyone under control. No, uh, pretty well said. No, you, you've definitely, um, like even when I was watching uh, you girls um, this year that uh, in the back half, you set up pretty well and you, you've got uh, great leadership skills as well. You definitely communicate out there, you and Roddy. So, yeah, no, it's really good to see that mm-hmm. uh, you've got that uh, part in your game as well. Now, we will go to the team success this year. We'll get to the grand final soon, but I felt like we took uh, big steps this year. Uh, played some outstanding football in the home and away season and we were able to wipe away our demons against the top four teams and having a record of not beating them. But we beat Mm -hmm. the Ds in the first final comprehensively and we were able to beat the minor premiers, um, the Adelaide Crows in the prelim as well. Uh, As a collective, you must have been happy to knock uh, those two teams off, um, especially with the burden of just only um, pretty much beating the teams outside the top four. Yeah, I think it's it was something that was played very heavily in the media and um, not that we were ignoring it in the internal walls, but it is something you do, uh, it kind of does sit on your back as such that you haven't beaten those top four teams. And I think over the last couple of seasons, we have been building to one of those games. And I think initially the Melbourne game was the game for me that I think it just like, that was like three seasons worth of effort um, and yeah, desire to beat one of those teams. And it finally came to the forefront. And I think it was nice to not only just beat them, but then to beat them really comprehensively as well and show the scoring power that we do have. Um, and then again, we were able to replicate it the week after. And I think that came off the back of just so much confidence in the system and the game that we had the week before. And then we'd obviously had lost a couple of close games this year. So again, it was in the media that we'd been training pretty, pretty hard um, on how to close out games like that and not to go down to the wire and not to just get pipped right at the final siren. So against Adelaide to be actually be able to hold on by one point um, felt yeah, so good when that siren went. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 um, when Emma 
King uh, got that hold on the ball. I knew the game was over in that uh, half forward line. So, yeah, no, that was um, – where do you think the turning point was? I felt like the uh, game before against Adelaide Crows, I know uh, we lost in the last minute uh, where they kicked a goal and um, we lost by three points. But I felt like we got a lot of confidence because a week before that against Melbourne, um, yeah, they, they um, you know, battered us pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, but I felt like the week after, yeah, against the Crows, I, I really felt like that was a turning point. Did you notice that? Yeah, 100%. I like, yeah, definitely agree with you. I think the week before against Melbourne, I think our spirits were cut down a little bit because we, we thought we were building, we thought we were there, we thought we were ready to beat a team like that. And then they pretty much just, I don't know, ran straight over us. We didn't put up a very good performance at all. So I think yeah. going into Adelaide, we tried to turn it around. Um, try and turn our mindset around to really try and focus on knocking off that team. And then even though we got, yeah, we got pipped right at the post and we didn't quite get the points from that game. I think the amount that we, we, we saw in each other that we could beat a team like that. And we pretty much did. We just didn't quite um, gave us so much confidence. And I think that's what helped us go into the final series with so much confidence and we knew that we could beat one of those teams because we'd come so close to Adelaide and we knew we just had to play four quarters of our good brand of footy and we would beat anybody. Yeah, yeah, no, pretty much. And, yeah, you could sort of sense, uh, yeah, in that Melbourne game, I, I think even in the first half when uh, we were up by a couple of goals and then when Kate Sheila, um burnt off our, uh, <laughs> our, our teammate now. Yeah. Uh, when we got that, yeah, that was a great goal and that really um, pretty much sealed the game. So, yeah, you could sort of sense the belief in the group was uh, really growing from that and it showed mm-hmm. in the prelim as well. You know, Yeah, I mean, you know, we're pretty unlucky against the Crows, so it was good that uh, we were able to, you know, uh, in round nine, so it was good to, you know, uh, get get, yeah, get over him in the in the prelim, uh, in a in a close one, and it, it went our way uh, this time. So that was really good. Now, unfortunately, we didn't get the chocolates in the grand final. We we're pretty close and had them at three quarter time. Uh, looking at, back on the game, do you think we blew an opportunity, or was it a case of the Lions were just too good on the day? Yeah, I had kind of mixed of mixed feelings. I think after the game, straight after the game, I thought we'd blown the opportunity, and I was extremely disappointed. Uh, but I think going back and kind of watching it, like I think we still played some really good footy. And I think mm. obviously for three quarters of the game, we were we were on top of them and we looked like we were going to be able to do it and we were quite confident. And I think possibly maybe their experience came out in the grand final. Um, they're a very energy-based team. So, again, being down going to the last corner, I don't think they were ever going to go down without fighting. So, uh, yeah, I've mixed, mixed feelings about that, but I – do think that the Lions are a fantastic team and they were always going to test us and unfortunately we just couldn't keep it up with them in that last quarter and they ended up running out winners but yeah very deserving and I do still think that they are a strong team and yeah that we didn't play poorly but I guess still massive things to learn from it. Yeah I definitely now I felt like we were pressuring them towards the end of the third quarter uh, and if we just got one more goal, I felt like we would have been able to hang on to a 13-point lead. I think it was only seven points. Um, looking back on it, did you feel the same or you don't really think about it now? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, unfortunately, we, we probably did miss a couple opportunities there. Um, and that was probably what most of our last couple of seasons have been. And probably at the start of this season, is we weren't taking the most of our opportunities. We were absolutely smashing teams in the start of the season and we were still only winning by 30 points or we could have been winning by 60 points. So I think that did come out a little bit in the towards the end of the game, maybe the end of that third quarter and going into the last quarter. We just couldn't 
take yeah, take the moment and put an extra goal on, which was disappointing because the last two weeks leading up to that against Melbourne and Adelaide, we had been taking the most of our opportunities and we'd obviously got the points of both of those. So I think it was a little bit frustrating that we just couldn't, yeah, put another score on the board and put more pressure on Brizzy. But again, it, yeah, it was a season where we had a massive step up from the season before. So hopefully we can just take another step forward and it might help us take that another step forward in the granny. Yeah, oh, definitely. And now we didn't have much luck at the start of the game as well, but losing Jenna Bruton in the first few minutes of the game was heartbreaking, wasn't it? And especially when the game was going on, we knew it was a serious injury and it wasn't Achilles. Uh, it wasn't a great start, was it? No, it was yeah, really disappointing for Jenna. I think she had a pretty rough season. She obviously was out early with a, a calf injury. Um, and then I think she took a couple of games to kind of get going after that. I think she's one of the most underrated players um, in the league, in our opinion, not within our four walls, but by some of the media. I think she's one of the most skillful players and really hard at it as well. So for her to then play some really good games towards the end of the season and to um, yeah, absolutely. I think it was Adelaide she absolutely smashed in a quarter um, the week before. So she was playing some really good footy. And then for her to go down so early, um, I think it was disappointing for her. And I think um, it obviously affected her partner, Jasmine, as well. But I guess we didn't really notice it early, but unfortunately we made it possibly just ran out of legs towards the end there um, with losing her so early in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess the good news out of it, not that there's any good news, it's probably just a five to six month injury, which means she should be right for round one. Whereas if it's uh, you know, a torn, fully a torn Achilles, it would be a 12 month, month yeah. injury, wouldn't it? Yeah, so hopefully she can, yeah, well, she's had her surgery now and I think she's recovering pretty well. I haven't got to see her yet, but I hope to see her, yeah, doing some strength training and running and everything back soon because she's yeah, a massive part of our team. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, I mean, I guess she gets underrated because we do have Jasmine Garner, Ash Riddell, a number of other players at the club. So, yeah, she probably yeah doesn't get the recognition by the media. But uh, I think within the fourth walls, yeah, and even supporters, they know how she good, yes. good she is. Yeah. So, yeah, no, and that's the most important thing. Now, we won't go through... Uh, past pain too much. It's like talking about an ex-wife or husband. Uh, it's still too fresh. So <laughs> now, and I want to be mindful of your time. And we'll all finish with some uh, fun questions as long as you're happy with that, Jazz. Yeah, of course, happy to. No, sounds good. Uh, funniest teammate. Oh, um, there's quite a good, uh, quite a few funny girls in the team. I think there's a couple different types of humour in the team. I think Mia King is someone who's quite funny. Sounds a bit mean. To kind of laugh at. She's a very funny girl. Um, she's someone who's very forgetful and does some pretty silly things every now and then. So she's very funny. But I actually think Kim Renning, who's probably someone um, not many people probably think is being very funny, but she's a very funny person in yeah quite a unique way. Um, and she's always someone you want to be around um, at the club, doing your gym, um, off the field as well. She's very funny. Oh, nice. Um, I have a feeling that I know who you're going to say for the next one, but cheapest teammate. Oh, um, oh, I don't know if we actually have anyone that's too cheap in our team. Everyone actually enjoys a pretty good time and we're pretty happy to chuck some money down if that means everyone else has have a pretty good time. We have a bit of a laugh. Um, Ash Riddell is always someone who has a bit of a joke around being a bit cheap when we have to put in for a taxi or we have to put in for something um, to get away from the airport when we're on a footy trip or whatever it is. She's always like, nah, 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 that's too expensive. We'll try and get a better deal. So I'm not sure if she's actually cheap or she just likes to kind of banter with people and trying to get them get their price down, but I might vote her. 
Yeah, no, she's been voted by every girl that I've had on, and that's oh, been about seven or eight. So, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said oh, I have a feeling I know who you're going to say. Uh, <laughs> and when I mentioned that to her, she, uh, she didn't seem too happy. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, toughest teammate. Yeah, I feel like this one has an obvious answer as well. I feel like Emma Carney is someone that you everybody knows goes pretty hard at it. Um, but I think there's some girls in the back line that are pretty tough as well. I think Erica O'Shea yeah. goes pretty hard at it as well. Any of the Irish um, don't really have much fear, to be honest. Um, and they, yeah, will always back you up if you need a fight or anything as well. Um, but I also think, like, uh, Eliza Shannon riding in the back line. Um, a lot of my full forwards are charging out, um, putting their knee up, and they pretty much just have to stand there all game. So I don't envy their job. I like being the one that's behind that. So I, uh, yeah, give my votes to a couple of different people. Yeah, I mean, just on that, um, now you have to go against Talia Randall at training. How is that when you have to stand in the hole uh, in front of her when the ball's yeah, coming well- in? I'm very fortunate that I'm usually the person playing on her. Oh, so nice. I'm usually maybe a step behind. And unfortunately, I usually have to call Riley in or, again, Lies to come and stand in that hole. And, yeah, I think Riley's learnt well enough that that knee does hurt a fair bit when she's coming out. And sometimes she does get out of the way. And I think I would get out of the way too, especially at training. I don't really want Atalia Randall knee in my back. I'll save that for games. No, no, that's, that's right. Um, <laughs> your nickname and why? Uh, my just normal nickname is just Ferg, just based off my last name. But I unfortunately get the pest around the club. Uh, I've been labelled the most annoying by a few teammates. But in my oh. opinion, someone has to be, um, I guess, the cheeky one who's making a bit of fun. So if anyone's on the massage table, I'm over there, I don't know, tickling their feet or pinching them or whatever it is. Um, and I like to scare some people as well. I often hide in and around the club and try and get people coming in for training. So I think it's all a bit of fun, but I have been labelled as the most annoying or the pest in the team. Oh, nice. Uh, that's not a bad difference. <laughs> so, yeah, and being a physio, yeah, that, that, that makes sense that uh, you probably tickle their feet and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, just uh, yeah. to be a bit of annoying. Not annoying not <laughs> yeah, nothing wrong with that. You've got to have different personalities at the club. So, yeah, no, it's good yes. to hear uh, best fashion sense of the club. Oh, that one's a hard one too. I think there's actually quite a uh, quite a variety of um, fashion sense in the club. I think there's a couple of girls who are a little bit more alternative. Um, there's a couple of girls who only catch pretty much in active wear. Um, but I actually might vote Nicole Bresnahan as worst fashion sense because she would love me to vote that she has the best. But I'm going to go the complete opposite. She's someone who is the most annoying to get ready with. She will put on an outfit. You'll tell her she looks amazing. Then she'll try on six different outfits and just go back to the initial one. So I'm going to give her worst fashion sense because she's one of the most annoying to get ready with. Yeah, I was gonna. That was gonna be in my next question. So I'm glad you answered that. That's the first time I've heard her mention as far as worst. Ah. Uh, yeah, no, good one. That's a <laughs> yeah, good, uh, thoughtful answer there. Uh, best singing voice at the club. Oh, um, probably a competition between it was Ali Gavalis and Mia King. They often go around the club and are trying to sing Adele or some Ed Sheeran or something, um, and they always make whoever's nearby listening, then you have to vote who sung it the best or who sung the best verse. Um, but I actually reckon Mia comes out on top. She actually has quite a nice voice, um, which is, yeah, for me quite surprising, but I'm not sure if she did sing when she was younger, but, she yeah, I actually think she's quite good. Yeah, Ali Cavallis, I heard, yeah, is pretty good as well. Obviously, yes. she's gone with Bulldogs now, so she doesn't, yeah, uh, uh, me, King won't have much competition unless you've got a good singing voice. That <laughs> no, I don't know not about. me, not me at all. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, and one last one, who looks at their muscles in the gym? 
Oh, Mia King could almost win that again as well. Uh, but I would probably say Talia Randall absolutely loves a bit of a flex and probably actually Tess Craven. She's someone who's come out of her shell a little bit um, when she first come to the club. She's put on a fair bit of muscle, so I think she likes to get the guns out. Um, but yeah, her and Talia, whenever there's a camera around or there's a video going around, they'll if you watch, they'll do a flex in it somewhere, their biceps or whatever they want because um, they do love themselves a fair bit in the gym. <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with that, I suppose. So yeah, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, like you, like we sort of said before, you got to have a few different personalities. So yes. nothing wrong with that. Well, Jazz, that's all I have for you. Uh, or should I call you Pest? I'm not too sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for coming on tonight. I probably speak on behalf of all North supporters when I say uh, that we really enjoy watching you and the rest of the team as well. You bring a sense of calm to me when I watch you, and I look forward to seeing you and the girls hold that Premiership Cup aloft in the near future, in 2024, perhaps. I hope. Uh, I might try and get you back on when pre-season is going to see how that is going. Um, but uh, thanks for coming on once again, uh, Jazz. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me. And um, as you said, I yeah, we can't wait. Our skills are really uh, passionate about trying to help these North supporters and give them something to cheer about. So we're hoping to go one step further in 2024 and make everybody proud. But thank you for having me on and, yeah, hope to speak soon. So thank you very much to Jasmine Ferguson once again for coming on the show. It was a real pleasure uh, meeting her uh, for the first time and chatting to her. And I'm sure I'll uh, have plenty more chats with her in the near future as well. So that's it for this episode. Thank you very much to all you lovely listeners for all the likes, retweets and comments you all put out for the show. It is much appreciated. I couldn't do this podcast without your support. If you can leave a rating and review and tell your friends and tell whoever um, about the podcast that would be much appreciated as well i really want to grow this podcast get uh, more views viewers this year so yeah uh, keep uh, continuing your hard work or you listeners so yeah like i said that's it for tonight um i'll be back next week i might even do i've got uh, plenty lined up so i might even do two episodes next week i'm not too sure we'll see how we go um so, yeah, look out for those episodes as well. If you do a subscribe, I'm sure all you local listeners do subscribe, whether Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts, yeah, it, it automatically comes in your feed. I'm sure all you local listeners already do that. Anyways, that's it for tonight. So tonight I will leave a shout-out to our AFLW star fullback, Jasmine Ferguson. Bye for now, and go Roos.